Hey guys, welcome to Reshape Radio. This is episode three. This is all about four tendencies or four mental fuel systems that I want to talk about. So episode one, two, and uh, one and two, we kind of discussed about the tires being flat. That's your stress and your sleep. Then we're inside the car and your feet are on the brake pedals. We've got our awareness. We've got our blaming other people. We've got excuses. We've got being honest with ourselves. These are all brake pedals. And then we've got the, the fifth one, which is not pressing any of the pedals, just not going anywhere. You know, we're kind of self-aware, but we're not taking action. We have to, have to, have to take action. So now we're in the car, we are ready to go, and we put on the fuel pedal. This is the thing that breaks us into four unique personalities. Um, I'll talk quickly about a book called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And it's a fascinating book, and this is the called the Four Tendencies. She splits people into four types. You've got upholders who generally meet outer and inner expectations. They'll do stuff for themselves, and they'll do stuff kind of for the boss, or they'll do stuff for their community. Well, you've got another group which is called the questioners. They only meet inner expectations, so they will only do stuff kind of for themselves or if things make sense to them. Then the largest group, um, she has them down as she calls these people obligers. These are people that meet outer expectations, but never the inner expectations. Funnily enough, this group makes up the biggest uh, population. So these are people who are like, hey, I really want to get fit, but they just find it really difficult because everyone else is asking them for stuff. So like I was saying with blame, these people are just genuinely kind of hardwired to be like, oh, I didn't go to the gym today because the boss asked me to work later, or I don't go to the gym because my kid has dance class. So these these people will meet outer expectations very, very easily, but not their inner expectations of what they want for themselves. The final group are what she calls rebels. These are people who don't meet inner expectations or outer expectations. Sometimes these people can be awkward for the sake of being awkward, but I find a lot of the times with this sort of people, if they're passionate about something, they'll they'll genuinely do that, but they'll do it in a, in a rebellious way. And I'll get into this a little bit um, deeper because I've got a, a very similar framework. Um, so the, the four tendencies or the four archetypes, as people will call them, there's a uh, in Gretchen Rubin's book, she's got a really good joke that kind of explains this, and it's the four tendencies and light bulbs. She goes, how do you get an upholder to put in a light bulb? Don't worry, they've already done it. How do you get an obliger to put in a light bulb? Just ask them. How do you get a questioner to put in a light bulb? You ask them and explain to them why we need light, and it's that it's in their best interest, and they'll put in the light bulb. How do you get a rebel to put in a light bulb? Don't bother asking them, just do it yourself. So. Once you understand the four types, you are one of these types. So if we take it back a little bit, before I find out about the four tendencies, there was a neurotransmitter neurotransmitter test you can do, and it's not like a blood test or anything. It's a questionnaire you can do. It's quite a big comprehensive questionnaire, and it's designed by a guy called Dr. Beaverman. Some people think he's a bit of a quack, and some people think he's an absolute groundbreaking genius. He has a book called The Edge Effect, and it's absolutely fascinating as he goes on about the neurotransmitters and how they apply to you. So if you do that test, that's on anguspt.com. You can check that test out. It's completely free to do. You just go to anguspt.com. And you sign up there and there will be under brain test, I think. It's under under the caption there and um, once you're into the first module of the program. And this will kind of tell you what neurotransmitters you're dominant in. The funny thing I find out is that these neuro, this neurotransmitter test coordinates perfectly with Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. And I find this was amazing. 
I think this is amazing. So Gretchen Rubin's test um, that she does on her website, you can find out what tendency you are and you'll find that it matches up perfectly um, with whichever neurotransmitter you're dominant in. Let's get something uh, clear about neurotransmitters. We're kind of, we, we know loads about the body and about the mind. We're, we're quite a little bit backwards about the mind and we kind of assume everyone's got the same mind, but that's not true. Some people are upholders or doers as I call them, or dopamine dominant types. They literally have more dopamine. They literally have more receptors in the brain. Therefore, they are more capable of getting stuff done than someone who doesn't have as much dopamine. Some people are genetically born stronger than other people. So would you expect someone who's born weaker to carry as many bags um, as someone who's stronger? No. And we, we, we know there's intelligence differences. Some people have a lower intelligence and some people have a super high intelligence. So do we, do we just give people jobs and say, hey, your name came up in the raffle. You're now in charge of the science division. No, I want the smartest guy in the world to be in charge of the science division. I want someone who um, is really driven. If I watch a, 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 a kind of uh, any sort of game sport or field game sport, I want to see really driven people playing those games so drive we we think oh dave has loads of drive no dave has more dominant more dopamine than someone else my my son ty he's nightmare to get up in the morning he's a he's a rebel type and he just likes doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it and that can be really frustrating sometimes but when we went on holiday he's the first person up suddenly his brain is hit with loads of dopamine because it's something he really really wants to do so now he's the most dominant dopamine dominant person on the world and he's up and he's trying to get everyone else up because suddenly he's literally become a different person because his brain has given him this chemical so there's four main brain chemicals there is or neurotransmitters so the dopamine is the one i've been talking about so that's the one that's going to give you loads and loads of drives there's acetylcholine this one is very much associated with the questioners and this one is for inner expectations they're really deep thinkers one of the things they'll really suffer from is paralysis of analysis they'll overthink overthink and overthink and thinking actually costs energy so they'll kind of deplete themselves they can come across as quite lazy when actually they're not lazy at all they're just overthinking the situation they're thinking way too hard they need to make quicker decisions because the first inkling or their gut instinct is probably better so on to gut instinct this is serotonin this is what the rebels have more and this is produced mainly in the gut 90 percent of serotonin is made in the gut and funnily enough these people tend to go on gut instincts and i'll get back to the to one of the changes in native american culture on what the rebel type is in the native american culture the rebel type is actually a justice type which is it's going to be interesting in a minute because the rebels make up the smallest part of the population but i kind of see them as they are the check makers they're to make sure the rest of us are going in the right direction they'll go hey 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 because they don't necessarily agree with us and they don't go away along with when i say us with the general population because they only make up the smallest part the last part the last brain chemical is gaba and this again um, in the Bieberman, he's discovered that this makes up 50% of the population, just like the obligers make up 50% of the population for, in Gretchen Rubin's work on the four tendencies. So this is uh, a super interesting how these frameworks just overlap each other. And it kind of gives you an idea that people are more dominant in certain brain chemicals. And I call this four fuel systems. So when you're in this car, you your willpower is different depending on who you are. I'll tell you what my framework is. So I call 
upholders and dominant type or dopamine types, I call them doers. These people just seem to get things done. I call questioners and people with more acetylcholine, I call these people uh, thinkers because they're kind of in their head thinking. So you can get someone with super high intelligence who's a thinker and you can get someone with a lower intelligence who's a thinker. The person with lower intelligence is maybe thinking about fantastic makeup collections or trivial gossip that's trapped in the magazines. This makes the thinkers make up the second largest part of the population. It's about kind of 30-ish percent of the population. So, and then you can have someone who's thinking about the next nuclear warhead with their with their amazing brain and imagination. Um, tend to be quite creative as well. Then I call the obligers, because I don't really like the word obliger. I think that kind of makes them sound like a slave race. And this makes up 50% of the population. I really don't think them. I see them more as caregivers. My mom is not an obliger, or as I like to call her, as a caregiver. She will constantly and constantly and constantly give care to other people and put herself on a back burner while she's giving the main work to herself. And I call rebels resistors. I also call them rebels sometimes. I call them resistors. They're just resistant to change because change isn't always good and it isn't always bad and sometimes these people are awkward for sake of being awkward but if they have a say a guy's a surfer and he's identified himself as a surfer and he's a resistor he'll get up at 5 a.m because that's when the waves are he'll do that no problem at all but he ain't going to go to the office and become a lawyer that's just not going to be his drive funny thing with resistors is a lot of them like to go into structured places with, with rules of rules because they like to break the rules so a lot of these people who are rebels end up in the military or in the police but they end up breaking the rules which is good for these kind of strict um systems to have someone that breaks the rule um uh trump president trump of the america he's he's uh this type and good or bad he's making and changing things and changing policies and questioning what's happening so is that a good thing or a bad thing we only time can tell but that's what type he is we got someone like um steve jobs he was a thinker questioner type full of acetylcholine obviously he's very smart and intelligent and everything he's done is really well thought out and even after his death apple continues to be this juggernaut of a company um, dopamine types would be someone like a Michael Jordan would be a dopamine type where he's just practice, practice, driven, driven, practice, fail, pick up the ball again, go again. You know, he talks about how often he fails, but he keeps doing, he keeps doing because his brain is slowly drip feeding him um, dopamine, which is the same sort of hit you get off coffee. So he's getting this really great hit constantly coming into his body and then caregivers their brains are full of GABA so that's your four main types and the way I see willpower is if you don't have so much dopamine you're not going to have a lot of willpower to do the things that dopamine requires you to do you chemically don't have enough chemicals in your brain to do that so you can self-medicate with coffee so if you're really addicted to coffee because coffee gets you going like I am then that's because my dopamine is a little bit lower and I'm self-medicating to get coffee to get myself going because I'm a thinker acetylcholine dominant person and I'm like 50 uh, out of the 50 questions I'm 50 on the acetylcholine and that's just the way I am um, and I'm slightly medium on the dopamine so if I get a little bit of coffee I can kind of start to become one of these people who's a doer because I've got loads of stuff that I need to get done but I'm also a father of four children so I need to be a caregiver so this is the GABA but I only have so much willpower to do this where someone 
who is 100% a caregiver like my mom is, she just has endless willpower. She'll literally give her dying breath to care for other people. <clears throat> and that's just the way she is. So, and every now and then, we need to be a resistor or we need to be a <clears throat> a justice type where we need that fixture on saying, hey, no, let's stop the train right here. We're getting off and we need to battle against everyone and be a resistor. So, in Chinese culture, they have the same sort of setup. They have fire, earth, wind, and water. Um, and these types in Chinese medicine and Chinese kind of um, culture, they have those four types. So we know what fire type is. This is uh, an athlete enraged at the referee just burning up. This is very much a dopamine response. Quick to fire, quick to talk, quick to do stuff, likes a quick kind of workout, fired up. And that's a dopamine upholder doer type. Um, we have a water type, and that I think would be the acetylcholine kind of water, going with the flow, thinking about things, flowing and flowing and flowing. Um, in Native American culture, they also have the they have leadership, they have wisdom, they have loyalty, and they have justice. And those four archetypes also fit with the Gretchen Rubin model, with the Beaver Rubin model. And this is this is fundamentally who we are. So if you do the test, you can find out what type you are. You can also find out what deficiencies you have. Sometimes you need to take um, actual nutrients into your body or supplements into your body or foods into your body that's going to help you develop the ones you're deficient in to help balance you out but you're never going to be balanced you're always going to lean towards the type you naturally are and all your habits are going to be that type so knowing that I'm a questioner thinker acetylcholine person type I know I think I know I over over kind of analyze stuff in my head and I have a real trouble getting stuff done I have all the knowledge just the the, the drive so either I can hire someone to be the driving force or what I like to do is I like to schedule. So say with my workouts, I have my schedules, my workout scheduled. I've got my Monday workout scheduled, my Wednesday workout scheduled, and my um, Friday workout. I've got it scheduled. I know exactly what I'm going to do because one of the things that I get wrong is I go into the gym and I'm like, am I going to go for a run today? I'm going to do something with the kettlebells. I'm going to lift heavy weights today. Or what do I feel like doing when actually I miss out and just follow the program, this is what you need to do. And it takes all the thinking out because actually I have no problem with motivation and willpower. The laziness I thought I have is actually just paralysis of analysis. So that's just an example of how knowing how your framework or knowing which one of these um which one of these types you're dominant in sort of controls who you are as a person and what you're likely to do. If you're an obliger, which 50% of you are, if you're that caregiver, obliger full of GABA, this is kind of like a Valium type drug for you where it makes you super happy to do stuff for other people and it makes you super guilty not to do stuff. So if you're decided you're going to go to the gym, you're not meeting anyone, you've got no prior things, your husband comes home and says, oh, I need to go out because I, I need to work late tonight. You cancel the gym because you've got to stay home with the kids because that's an external expectation that has you trapped there where and that polder would be like, well, you better come home on time. Otherwise, the kids are going to be home alone because I'm going to the gym. We, we know people who, who do that sort of thing. And nothing's good or bad. It's these types, we all just work together. And we have a really hard time understanding what the other types are. Normally, your spouse um, or your partner, sorry, is will, will be another type to you. Generally, two types don't get together 
again, opposites attract, these sort of old sayings. We, we had all this stuff sort of figured out and we've kind of lost this knowledge. So we're regaining this knowledge now and we're understanding that it's neurotransmitters at play. We're understanding that supplements and things can help to balance things out. But sometimes you need to take rest and recovery into this framework. So there's a guy called Paul Check, and he has a thing called the Four Doctors. And that's a really interesting framework to look at again because he's got Dr. Movement, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Sleep. And these are the four things that will help you out. And again, these four things layer over with the way the neurotransmitters work. If you're doing too much movement, you're probably going to need more sleep. If you're doing too much sleep, you probably need more movement to make you tired for more sleep. If you're having trouble with sleep, you probably need doctor movement to help you get to sleep. And then doctor sleep will help you out. If doctor diet's out of whack, doctor movement will be out of whack. So all these four elements of humans, this earth, wind, fire, this leadership, um, loyalty, wisdom, and justice, these all these four things are the same sort of four things, slightly different contexts. People have kind of worked this out that these four elements need to work together and you need to create balance because just like the seasons, the four seasons all have very kind of unique purposes for them. Our days also have this. We've got the peak in the middle of the day where the sun's the hottest and it's the brightest and it's the nicest. And then we've got the waking up in the morning and getting into movement. We have time where we're eating and enjoying family time and we got to make a blend of all these four things so these are the four fuel systems and these four fuel systems can burn out depending on which one you're doing so if you're a thinker type and you're doing the job of a caretaker you're going to burn out your caretaker engine really fast if you're a doer that has to do the job of a thinker you're going to burn out your brain and that thinking process really hard i'll give you an example of So guys, um, this is a, a quick story of kind of getting this four tendencies framework to kind of think about uh, things. And we'll get into this in a, in a further episode of social deficiencies. But the example I want to give you is that of an app developer. This is a creative person, someone who's a thinker, they're a questioner. So they've developed this app and then they've started a company and it's just a small company. And then the app just takes off. It goes absolutely crazy. And this guy who was a thinker, then finds himself in charge of maybe 100, 200 employees. And now he's doing the job of an upholder or a dopamine dominant type, or as I like to call them, doers. Now he finds himself in that job and he's drinking 90 cups of coffee a day just to, to keep on charge. Or maybe he's taking Adderall or one of these other uh, sort of drugs to, to, to kind of compensate of the fact that genetically, or mentally, he's not equipped to do that job. He's not equipped to run his company. Yes, he's developed an amazing app. Yes, he's gone on and really created a, a huge company. And yes, maybe he could find a way with his tendency to work that. But what a better strategy for him to do is would be to hire someone who's naturally a dopamine type, who maybe isn't as creative as him. Say, I want you in charge of the company. I want you to make these hard decisions. I'm going back to the R&D department and I'm going to work on creating the best app possible and you can run the day-to-day -day running of the company and the hiring and firing because that suits that person's type and they would make a really effective team. That, of course, takes understanding of what your tendency is, where your strengths are, and when you know what your strengths are, you can go with the flow rather than going against the grain. And this is the whole idea of the, the these four archetypes framework is to create a framework of 
how do you work and how does other people work and what can you do? All the tendencies have their pros and they all have their cons. And if you find out what those are and the people around you, you can create a network that supports your goals rather than constantly fighting against your goals. I know people that have been trying to slim for well over 10, sometimes 20 years. And in that time, they could have become a nutritionist. In that time, they could have become a doctor of nutrition or they could have become a dietitian. They could have become an exercise instructor. But no, they're just constantly spinning their wheels It's because they don't fundamentally understand themselves. They don't understand the people around them. They don't understand why something works one day and why something doesn't work another day. So that's the end of this episode. In the next couple of episodes will come up, we'll kind of figure out body types and we'll find out about social deficiencies to kind of help you make this framework. And then we'll get on to some of the diet and exercise advice. So thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and share this episode.